Welcome to Mental Wealth and Wellness, where we dive deep into the tips, tricks, and techniques of taking care of your mind so you can finally begin to live the abundant life you always knew was meant for you. What if you could view your mind as your greatest asset instead of a lifelong limitation? Who would you be and how would you leave your mark on the world if you could shift into a state of abundant mental wealth? I'm your host, Jenna Knapp, a certified NLP, EFT, and hypnosis practitioner, and I'm so excited to open the doors to my world and share everything I have learned through my personal journey from a mental health diagnosis to a mentally wealthy mindset. Thank you for tuning in, showing up, and being vulnerable enough to open your mind and heart to a whole new lens of looking at the world. This is Mental Wealth and Wellness. Now let's dig into the episode and get you one step closer to your abundant future. Hello everyone and welcome back to the second episode of Mental Wealth and Wellness. I am two weeks late on this. I recorded this two weeks ago um, and haven't had a chance to edit it until right now. I believed I would be able to, but I was in a full-on busy, busy week of running a kids camp um, as an artist-in-residence at the Linden Sculpture Garden, where I've been in residence since last October working on an earth sculpture. I have created a labyrinth in the native Wisconsin prairie just off of the formal lawn that will live on there for years to come and be a a destination for people who feel drawn to walk labyrinths as part of their meditative and prayer practice and it turned out so well it was such an amazing week Uh, at the end of the kids camp on that saturday was the ribbon cutting ceremony for the reveal of the labyrinth and it was such a full circle moment for me i um had worked there five years ago and ended up having to leave uh, and leave my position as a camp counselor in the middle of the summer because I was checking myself into a mental hospital for my own mental health after I lost my aunt Anne to suicide. And that same summer when I was at Rogers Memorial Hospital in Oconomowoc, there was a labyrinth on those grounds and um, ever since that experience, that was my first experience with labyrinths, I've really been interested and full circle, fast forward to now, I have had the privilege and absolute joy of creating a labyrinth that will bring so many other people healing as this becomes a destination for other labyrinth walkers who um, practice meditation through this amazing um, walking meditation and also some people use it for prayer practice, for releasing, for receiving inner guidance, for receiving divine guidance. Um, Now I've created this amazing labyrinth that is going to live on um, and hopefully impact others the same way that it impacted me five summers ago. Uh, So It's not an excuse why I didn't get this podcast up sooner, since it's only my second podcast. I literally just started this, but it is a reason, and I'm still so excited to release this episode for you. It's all about 
um, tools you can start using right away to get in touch with your subconscious and treat your subconscious like your best friend. Get to know that inner voice. Get to know that gut feeling. Get to know that intuition and lean into it and learn from it and know that it's always on your side and always working for you. So without further ado, let's get into it. Thank you for your patience. I appreciate you for tuning back in and I'm so excited to continue on with these podcasts and share all the amazing things that are happening. So I will see you on the other side. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Mental Wealth and Wellness, where we are going to be digging into the conversation around subconscious self-care and how to become BFFs with your subconscious. This is a joke I've been making ever since I went to my Yes Supply training of just feeling like now that I know all of the things that I know about subconscious healing and all of the techniques that you can use to achieve this healing, I have joked many times about how I feel like I'm becoming best friends with my subconscious. So I'm going to be sharing some of my favorite things I've been learning that you can start using right away. And today's episode is brought to you by my new hypnosis uh, that's available in my store on my website called The Gratitude Elevator. And this idea came to me um, less than a week ago. It happened very quickly. I woke up in the middle of the night with the idea for the script and it just flowed out of me within the next couple of days. I just finished recording it and editing it and put it up. Uh, what I mean by gratitude elevator is the imagery that came to me has to do with visiting events in your life that bring you great gratitude and the setting takes place in a tropical, overgrown, vacant mall. And here is just a little preview. Um, this is just a clip from the center that kind of paints the picture of the setting that the Gratitude Elevator hypnosis takes place in. Uh, you don't have to worry about getting hypnotized in this short little clip. This is just to give you a feeling of what the setting feels like, the sounds that are in the background. I put tracks of tropical birds in the background to really paint that picture for your subconscious mind. So here is a little clip. I would like you to imagine yourself standing in the middle of a vacant mall that is situated in the middle of a beautiful jungle. Somehow, you're not quite sure how, and it doesn't quite matter exactly how, but the entire mall is overgrown with tropical plants. The palm trees that were once planted in the center of the mall's seating islands have shot all the way up to the glass windows at the top of the atrium, hungry for sun, believing that if they're growing taller and taller every day, eventually they will make it outdoors to that sunshine. Tropical flowers of all kinds are blooming and the whole mall is filled with the pleasant dew of a tropical summer night. The air is light, clean, fresh, and so sweet. You smell jasmine in the distance 
as you see an escalator that is so tall and will easily and effortlessly carry you to the top of this atrium. Maybe you already have a gratitude journal that you keep and you practice saying gratitude, affirmations out loud, whatever it might be. This is going to help take your gratitude vibration, your gratitude frequency to the next level. Hypnosis is incredible to use um, either when you're first waking up um, or when you're getting ready to go to bed. That's when your subconscious mind is most like a sponge. So go to mentalwealthandwellness.com to download your gratitude elevator hypnosis today. It takes you through a very, very dreamy setting. And I just feel so proud of this script that I've written and I know it's going to be amazing for you. Um, so with that being said, we can dig into the episode. I want to start by saying something about the term self-care and what it means to me and my history, my personal history with that phrase, self-care. So I mentioned briefly on my first episode about a project that I started, the self-care studio, after, um, some rough times in my life and it was a project that started as a response to the time and the care that I wasn't carving out for myself and I really, this was during a chapter of my life where I was really, really slowing down and trying to get in tune with what I wanted to do next, taking care of my mental health. I was fresh out of um, several diagnoses and in and out of therapy, had been in some art therapy and sensory based therapy and I was really excited about what I was learning but I wanted to take it out of a clinical setting and share it in a more accessible format. So I started to do pop-ups. I've done pop-ups at art galleries. I had a long-standing residency a sculpture garden. I was doing vision board nights at a bar that I was bartending at a year ago. Um, I've done quite a bit. I've done letter writing workshops. Uh, sometimes they're scent based. I really, really love to work with scent and aromatherapy. Um, so sensory based projects that encourage you to slow down and take time for yourself. And I did this project for about two years. And I recognized this past winter a deeper desire to go further. I felt like it was really amazing to be carving out this time for other people and for myself to slow down, slow down, get present, and focus on whatever is in front of you, whether that's art-based or a different kind of mindful activity or um, writing one of the projects that we did was writing letters to your future self. I hosted that one in November of 2018. And then the first week of January of 2019, um, the letters were mailed back to the people that wrote them to themselves. And that was beautiful. I loved that project so much. And it was amazing to hear the feedback from the um from everyone once they opened their letters. 
I didn't read them. They were completely anonymous. They self-addressed them and put them into this paper mache um, mailbox that I created in the gallery space. So I had no idea what anyone had said, but people opened up to me about someone didn't want to read their letter because they wrote it when they were in a bad period and they were in a much better period. So they were like almost scared to read it. Some people read it and got really emotional to realize all the things that they had um, said to themselves was exactly what they needed to hear in that moment going into the new year. And some people didn't even address it properly and I still have it and they're just sitting in a drawer and I will never look at them. I'll wait for the day when that person's like, hey, you know that envelope that has that squiggle on it? That's mine. Can I have it? <laughs> so anyways, that was a tangent, but fun to share the details of that project. Um, so no matter what the medium was, no matter what we were doing, it was all about slowing down and I was really holding space for people and that felt great. But I had this deeper feeling, this deeper nudge that I could take it further. And I really wanted to take it further. And as soon as I decided that I wanted to take it further, of course, options reveal themselves, um, paths re reveal themselves. And at this time, I was sent a link by a mentor in my life who saw a residency that was happening in Sweden, literally titled um, Self-Care Then and Now. I applied with full gusto and ambition and really believed, like full-heartedly believed, I had a very good shot at getting it. There was over 600 people that applied, but I still believed that I had a shot at getting it. And now I'm so happy that I didn't get it uh, because what ended up happening in my life instead was I was able to go to the Yes Supply training in Toronto this past May and get certified in a bunch of subconscious techniques, including neuro-linguistic programming, emotional freedom technique, hypnosis, and time techniques. So, of course, this is how things always go, is that you always have your eye on something, and normally there's something even better waiting for you when you don't get the thing that you're desiring. And that's exactly what happened here. And because I was open to all arrivals, I followed that intuitional nudge to uh, take this on and to become a student again. And I really just jumped into it with the intention of developing these tools for myself and learning about it for myself and thinking maybe I could use it in the self-care studio. And it wasn't until maybe I was like 20 hours into the 40 hours of pre-study where I realized that, no, I actually want to do do this, like full on do this and pursue life coaching and take this to the next level. And of course, down the road, find a way to incorporate it back into art, into self-care studio. But I wanted to work one-on-one -on -one with people using these techniques going deep and helping folks uncover old programs, limiting beliefs, releasing negative emotions, and getting free much quicker than we've ever been able to believe that was possible for us. 
Which leads me to the first thing I want to focus on when talking about making your subconscious your if best you picture friend. your subconscious and your conscious mind as an iceberg, what's floating above the water, like we see in the Titanic, is your conscious mind, right? And it doesn't look like too much is going on, but there is a huge part of the iceberg under the water just waiting to... Um, for someone to notice it, for the ship to hit it, you know, like it is running the show. It is dictating what is going on on a conscious level from a subconscious place, from a deeper place, from underwater. And when you think about this, your subconscious takes up so much more space of what's actually running your programs than your conscious mind. I believe, I've seen different statistics online, but it's like your subconscious is between 95 and 99% and your conscious mind is only between 1 and 4%. I think it's honestly closer to the 1 and 99%. Um, but like I've said, I've seen a bunch of different things online. And so if you are not even in touch or maybe don't even know that your subconscious mind is running these many programs, all of your programs, in the background for you 24-7 and carrying you through your day-to-day -day life so you don't have to think about certain things, why wouldn't we try to become best friends with our subconscious? Why wouldn't we try to use that relationship to really grow and evolve and pinpoint the areas that we can get better at, that we can reprogram, that we can make our conscious waking living life even easier. And so one of the biggest things that I've taken away from my learnings over the past couple months is that your subconscious mind cannot tell the difference between re what's real and imagined. And this is where visualization and manifestation come into play on a very, very strong level. So when you are meditating, for example, or you're going through a visualization exercise, or you're trying to align into a state of gratitude while listening to the gratitude elevator hypnosis, you are in a complete state of um, being in that picture, right? Like you feel like you're there. If you can tether to that feeling long enough, you literally start to feel like you're there. You travel to that moment, you travel to that dimension, and your subconscious mind has no idea whether it's real or imagined. To your subconscious mind, it is real. So it's really more about putting in the effort to create space and time in your life to hold those visualizations, to hold those pictures, to create those pictures, and think positively. What do you want the highest potential outcome to be? What is the best case scenario? Often we think in what is the worst case scenario? What is the threat in the situation? How can I prevent myself from hurting in the situation? And we go into a spiral of negative thinking. And what I want to tell you is that it's not your fault that you think this way. It's completely normal that you think this way. It's actually perfect normal because it's exactly how you were evolved to be. You were evolved to be a negative thinker because when you think of how far back evolution goes, when uh, the cavemen and women 
were coming about, they were programmed to think negatively because they had to assess all of their threats before they could think about their rewards. Just think about that for a second. They had to assess all of their threats instead of give time to think about their rewards. So that still shows up for us now, right? How often do you think about your threats versus your rewards? And then you're giving all this time and energy to thinking about the negative. You're giving all this time and energy to think about the threats, about what could go wrong. And then that's what your subconscious mind is holding on to pictures of and therefore creating. So your subconscious mind, you've probably heard before the part about your thoughts create your reality, your inner talk creates your reality. Um, it's the law of attraction, like attracts like. Um, but when you have hold an image in your mind, it's literally like submitting an order to the universe. And here we get a little woo-woo, but I fucking love it. So I hope you do too. And let me know if you do, because this stuff is addicting to me. I love it so much. I love being a student and learning more and more about all of this stuff. But when you hold an image in your mind, you are essentially submitting an order to the universe of this is what I want. And it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. It also doesn't matter if you do one positive picture or you say one positive affirmation in the morning during meditation, but then your inner talk is negative all day long. Then your inner talk is on a negative loop on repeat all day long. And instead of... Um, thinking positively, you just automatically autopilot go into the negative. And again, that's totally normal. That's how we're evolutionally wired. It's not your fault. You've always been doing the best you could with the resources that were available to you. But now you have this resource of knowing the power of your mind, this resource of knowing the power of positive thinking. And it's truly your choice to put in the effort to create the pictures that you want to see manifest in your physical reality. So when you hold an image of your mind of things happening in the best case scenario, of you at your highest potential, things are going to totally shift and change for you because you're shifting your frequency. You're shifting from a low frequency of shame, guilt, and fear into love, abundance, and purpose. And that alone is, again, like tuning into channels. So if you tune into a radio channel and you know exactly what you're going to get back because you recognize the numbers on the screen and it means you're going to get smooth jazz or you move it forward and that means you're going to get hip hop. Like it's the same exact thing is that when you're holding a certain image, it has a frequency and you're submitting an order and then all you have to do is wait. And oftentimes, this is happening every second of every day. And oftentimes, we don't even know that it's happening. We're doing it on default. We're doing it on autopilot. It's literally a law of the universe. It's something that can't be stopped. All that you can do is control it. All that you can do is try to get better at it. All that you can do is install new neural pathways that change the way you think, just like you install new habits. Which leads me to that part of being your best, best friend with your subconscious is installing new habits, installing new thought patterns, installing new belief systems. And you've probably heard that uh, it takes 21 days to form a new habit. 
And that's because it happens in our nervous system. And every time we make a request to form some new kind of action, whether it's physical movement or thought, when we um, submit that request, our nervous system processes it and sends it to the uh, corresponding part of the body, the part of the body that needs to receive it. So let's say, what's an example of a new habit? Um, a new habit. Maybe, let's say you want to stop swearing. Let's say you overuse the F word and you want to stop swearing and you want to say, um, or no, actually I'm going to change this. I wanted to change saying, oh my God, to oh my life or oh my word. And so for example, that's installing a new habit. So, but because oh my God just rolls off my tongue and because it is been that way for so long, it's going to feel like there's some resistance when I start to shift that, when I make that decision to shift it. But it's just like when you're paving a new path, it's gonna be resistant at first. The grass isn't going to like go, if you're walking through a field and you're walking through a field that's never been walked through before, that first time you walk that path, it's going to look like you didn't really even walk it, but you'll be able to kind of see it there. But then if you walk it again and again and again and again, eventually a path is going to be created because you're going to have stomped down on all of those grasses and there's going to be a new pathway. So you think about that in the same way as you're installing new habits. This is a perfect example. So what I would do instead of saying, oh my God, I would correct myself and say, oh my life. And it would feel awkward at first with uh, the first request, the second request, the third. But the more times we run the request, the stronger the pathway gets and the easier it becomes. And the easier it becomes, eventually it will become automatic without a formal request having to be made, which is incredible, right? So we know this, but I feel like a lot of us give up after seven days or we're like, oh, that's too much effort. But yeah, it is effort. It is self-work, but it's about getting in tune with your subconscious to make it work for you because once a program like that is installed, it's there to stay, right? That's the new pathway that it's going to follow. And the amazing thing about the tools of subconscious work, like neuro-linguistic programming and hypnosis, for example, is that you can collapse time and get in touch directly with the subconscious mind to move certain submodalities to different parts of the brain. And then with hypnosis, specifically, you're feeding uh, embedded commands through hypnotic language that tell your subconscious to get to work immediately on this. So you can collapse time and in your waking conscious state, you'll start to recognize that things are just a little bit different. Your reality starts to shift. You start to see that things are changing and evolving right in front of you. And it can become super addicting. But what we feed our mind is so important because you think of your mind as a patch of field. We'll go back to the field. If you think of your mind as a patch of field that has potential to be full of wildflowers or um, maybe you're going to turn a corner of it into a perfect garden, that's great. 
And if you plant a garden, it'll do well for as long as you're taking care of it. But if you stop taking care of it, eventually the weeds are going to come back and it's going to get overgrown and you won't even be able to tell that it was a garden at all. It's the same thing with our mind. This personal development work, this self-work, this uh, looking in and tapping in to our subconscious, it's a consistent practice of uh, checking in with ourselves and making sure that we're doing the weeding that we need to in the garden, that we're taking care of all aspects, that we're watering it, that we're nurturing it. Um, it's work just like going to the gym, but just like going to the gym, you take care of your physical body. Isn't it worth it to take care of your mental too? I think um, therapy can be an amazing tool for that, like mindfulness. Um, apps can be an amazing tool for that. Even daily brain puzzles can be really powerful for the brain, but it takes work and it can be, it can take on so many different forms and you can find what works for you. But some of the things that have really worked for me are journaling every day, keeping a gratitude journal every day. I like to tune in. I have an oracle deck, so I lean into my subconscious there and take uh, take time to draw a card every day to see on a subconscious level what my body is pulled to in that deck and what lesson I need to learn. Affirmations are really powerful because, again, affirmations are charged up with the phrase, I am blank. And the most powerful thing you can say to the universe is, I am blank. And by saying that, and if you say it out loud, you amplify it even more because you're believing in it so deeply. You're projecting it out into the world. You are moving it from your head to the physical, right? You're making the untangible tangible. And... This can be a powerful tool. Meditation can be a powerful tool. Even exercising can be a powerful tool. And just like I said before, like the subconscious doesn't know the difference between real and imagined. So even if you're in a stuck state, if you're feeling like you're in a bad mood, even something like smiling when you're not feeling well, smiling, you just are moving those muscles into the space that they would be in if they were in the smile formation. Just by doing that, that sends a signal to your brain to let you know that everything's okay, that you're actually happy. And just that can increase your happiness and can change your frequency and shift your vibration. And it's completely possible for you to step into this place of decision-making that you want to invest in yourself, that you want to invest in your mind. And you can start to lean into all of the tools that are always available to you. And while we're going through all of this, what's really powerful, and I think what maybe allow some people to hiccup a little bit or to pause or to even just stop their journey altogether is kind of what I said about the 21 days to form a new habit. Like if you are <clears throat> taking 21 days to form a new habit, but you get bored on the 10th day and you drop it, that's not great. But 
it's understandable. Like it's, it is work, but it is worth it. So just like that idea of getting bored, another thing that can happen is that we can be tested. When we start to do all this work and we start to feel more positive, old programs can pop up and old um, states can reappear. And also things that our subconscious has suppressed to protect us and push down can bubble up because it thinks we're now ready to deal with them. Um, as we're moving on to our next version of ourselves, our healthiest version of ourselves, if we're stepping into our highest potential, our subconscious will bring everything to the surface that we need to unlearn and heal and grow through in order to get to that next phase. So your subconscious always has your best interests in mind and loves you deeply and is always trying to take care of you. But it's extremely important to remember that if those old programs pop up, that doesn't mean it's not working. That means it's working perfectly well. You say, thank you. Now I have something to work on. And then you go from there and you dig into what around that limiting belief that pops up, that negative emotion that pops up, that resistance that pops up, you lean into all of with all of the tools that you have um, figuring out what you need to do to resolve that in order to keep moving on to your next version of yourself. And this is so important because I think people just stop right when things are getting good. They say that's too much work, but is it too much work? What else have you worked on really hard in your life that you would say was worth it? Isn't conquering your mind absolutely worth it? I want to know what you think about this. Please reach out to me and let me know um, different examples in your life of when you've worked really hard and seen all of the amazing benefits of what that work has done for you. When you've seen things come full circle. It's like that with self-work too. Like when you see a major shift in yourself or you see guilt and shame and fear completely dissolve from your life, that's huge. When you see a relationship change based on the inner work that you've done where you develop more love or you get closer with a parent, like that stuff is priceless and such an incredible gift. It's a gift that you deserve. It's a gift that you deserve to show yourself. And really all it is, is committing to holding yourself accountable, committing to doing the daily work and trying it. You don't have to commit to this forever, but you can just try it. Similar to how we talked about in the last episode of viewing the world through a mentally wealthy lens. What does it look like to choose to thrive over just surviving, right? Like, what does that look like to you? I want to know. And I hope that some of these tips have helped you plant a seed into things that you can incorporate into your daily rituals, ways that you can tap into your subconscious, um, and also just gets you thinking about how you are communicating with that voice inside, with that subconscious part of yourself, and how can you lean in and get that subconscious response to be on your side and to help you achieve all of your dreams and all of your goals easier and with less effort. Because 
it is a commitment, but it's absolutely worth it. And it is so incredible to recognize such a powerful underlying system in ourselves when we really haven't, at least I haven't, had many spaces in my life that talked about it at all. I feel like finding out about subconscious um, techniques and healing is exactly what I was looking for when I was asking for something deeper. Now I feel like I found it and I kept it really like surface today without going deeper into hypnosis and NLP and EFT and time techniques because I wanted to give you things that you can start using now and share the things that have been on my mind and led me down this journey. But those tools are absolutely what I'm talking about and is absolutely the reason why I decided to be a life coach, to help people, to be a tour guide for people through these bigger um, resistances that show up in their life and just guide people through that process of getting in touch with their subconscious. Um, so I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I hope that you take a read through the show notes and go check out the link uh, that will lead you to the gratitude elevator hypnosis. If you'd like to start with that and tap into your potential of um, seeing a physical example of a frequency of getting yourself into a very specific high frequency and then seeing how through hypnosis it shows up in your life and other spaces and your reality starts to shift and you start to notice subtle changes and new neural pathways are being developed. The more you listen to that hypnosis, the more it becomes second nature. You make that part of your routine, you make that part of your schedule, you build up a trance muscle. So if you wanna dip your toes into hypnosis and see just a little bit of what I'm talking about with the subconscious techniques, start to build up that trance muscle, please visit the show notes. And I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much for joining me today on mental wealth and wellness. And I am so grateful to be a part of your journey as you keep walking towards your abundant and amazing future. Have an incredible day and stay in touch. Reach out to me. I hope to hear from you soon and I'll be back with another podcast next week.